0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group, the team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973 and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Writer Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me as always is Hani And Hani, we just got done watching game one of the Western Conference Finals, and it was a fun one, man. It was really fun. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. How are you holding up over there? These games are getting a little more, I'm getting like more nervous excitement going into these games. The stress levels are a little higher, but today was pretty low, low stress for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess when when you're used to the Lakers losing every game one and then they come out and really kind of throttle uh, the Nuggets in game one, you don't really have to stress too much. And on top of that, your boy got a Popeye's chicken sandwich for dinner today, uh, courtesy of our good friend uh, Jacob Rude and, and the money that I won him through a bet. Um, <laughs>
0: so courtesy of so, yourself, basically.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling double good right now i'm feeling great
0: yeah we are feeling good uh i got i got my energy drink because I, this this day's just been dragging on uh but the game was fun i just it feels like it kind of makes me feel like 2009 2010 again where it was like uh the the days would really drag on waiting for the game at night and That's what today kind of felt like. I was really excited for this game, and it did not disappoint. The Lakers come out and win a game one, finally. (laughs) They finally did it, and we're going to talk about that today. Uh, We're live here on on the three platforms that we're going to be doing these these live post-game streams, podcasts, whatever you want to call them. We're on Twitch, uh, twitch twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. And we're on YouTube as well. Just go subscribe to us on Lakers Outsiders there, and be sure to like this video as well. That does a lot for us. That really helps us out. We really appreciate it. And of course, you can like us on Facebook as well, and we should be live streaming there as well. And if you want to chat along with us, or you want to pop in some questions that we always answer at the end, you can do. Uh, you can put those in the, basically in a Facebook comment, uh, Twitch chat, YouTube chat, any of those, and we'll see it. So. Uh, bring your questions, bring your comments. We we want to ta- chat with you guys. And as always, guys, this this podcast uh, brought to you by UCast Studios. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, they should be out on even more podcast platforms after today. We had some technical difficult d- technical difficulties, but hopefully that that hopefully that is uh, ironed out after today. So, all right, Honey, let's dive into this game. I don't want to waste too much time. Let's get right into it. The Lakers come out and. A little bit of a slow start, especially defensively, give up a lot of points to the Nuggets in the first quarter. I think it was 38 to 36 after one. After that, the Lakers really lock in defensively and kind of flip this game. What was it about this game that really flipped it for the Lakers after a slow start?
1: I think um, we've got to point out sort of the energy of the bench mob in general. But specifically, I think Dwight Howard came in and was a massive shot to the arm for the lakers um i think in in the first quarter what i saw uh the lakers really struggling with to me they were over switching a lot it just seemed like they weren't really in their flow defensively they weren't really working hard to get around screens um or or, you know contain those drives they were switching a ton and that was leading to a lot of situations where jokic was getting a smaller dude on him and either he was scoring over the top or they were Forced to double team him, and he was finding cutters. Um, and I believe he ended the first quarter with something like 11 points, uh, a couple of assists as well. And um, you know, in, in the second quarter, especially, I think they did a much better job, both in terms of the guards fighting over the screens. And I think a guy like KCP should get a ton of credit for that. Um, uh, for the entire game, he he did a fantastic job of guarding Jabal Murray and the other than the rest of the uh, Nuggets guards. But I think. Dwight Howard in terms of his energy of of providing that sort of effort of uh, being able to kind of guard, uh, contain those drives by the guards, but still get out on Jokic um, and, you know, not need any help defending a guy who we just saw basically destroy the Clippers in the, in the last round. He gave him a ton of trouble. um, And on top of just being a good defender, he also gave him a ton of trouble just staying out of foul trouble. Uh, Jokic ended up with five fouls in this game, I believe. Um, and he really was not able to get into a rhythm at all because the lakers kept going at him on both ends of the floor um really kind of getting under his skin and and i think dwight should get the bulk of the credit for that
0: yeah i was gonna say i mean if you're gonna pick a game ball i think it's got to go to dwight howard or to anthony davis both of those guys were phenomenal today Uh, michael Malone kind of acknowledge Dwight Howard's energy, his physicality in this game as as a real difference maker. And I, I agree 100%. I thought Anthony Davis was unstoppable pretty much. I mean, 12 of 21 from the field, 37 points, 10 boards, 4 assists. No blocks or steals, but, uh, you know, his impact around the rim is going to alter drives. It's going to alter shots. He was, he was the man today. He was just a beast. The, the Nuggets had no answer for him. But I think – Kind of what we talked about in our series preview that you know we expected a bigger role out of out of Dwight Howard in this series, and I think he he showed that perfectly in this game. He just came out there, he had a ton of energy, and I don't know if he was just, I mean, I'm sure some of it had to do with he's very fresh from not really playing in the last series. I think that really helps For him, sure. and he's probably motivated honestly from not playing in the last series. I mean, Dwight, you know, is is a guy that used to be a superstar, and you know, obviously. Lower role this year, but he's just coming out there. He, he played extremely hard. He was plus 14 in this game. He had 13 points off the bench, three rebounds. Uh, looks like two blocks, two steals. But, man, it just it seemed like he was getting after every single loose ball. And you could tell the Lakers were getting Jokic very frustrated in this game. I think, honestly, he should have picked up his fifth foul probably three or four minutes before he did. Uh, yeah. Jokic, if you ever watch this podcast, you better watch it. Like I, we saw that arm yank on Caruso and I will not stand for that. You do not hurt the bald Eagle, but yeah, I mean the Lakers had like, if you look at Jokic's numbers, I mean, he was efficient as a scorer. He was eight of 14 from the field. I uh, hit five of his seven free throws, but I think a big deal with Jokic is, and I guess the Nuggets in general, I mean they had twenty-three assists for the game, but Jokic only had two of those. You know, I don't think he really hurt the Lakers too badly with his passing, which is kind of something that he really diced the nut or the Clippers up in the last round.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think both of those assists, if I'm correct, came in the first uh quarter as well. I think the Lakers just did a phenomenal job of being able to Defend him without sending any sort of help uh, outside of that first quarter, where they, they were switching a lot. Um, and I think a lot of the credit should also go to, you know, those guards, the uh, Alex Crusoe's the KCPs, even you know guys like Rondo and Danny Green, who did a pretty great job of containing the Nuggets cutters. We talked about it last night when we did our series preview podcast. That you know the Nuggets offense is constantly moving. They do they are not stagnant at all. They they have guys running around screens, cutting, trying to get the ball from uh, the best passing big man maybe of all time. Um, And I think the Lakers came out, you know, not not great in the first quarter, but after that, especially in the second and third quarters, they really buckled down. And, uh, you know, the Nuggets scored, I think, 41 total between the second and third quarters. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it was kind of something that we've seen a lot is that the the Lakers kind of flip that switch defensively um and can really just choke teams out in in terms of just making it so so difficult to score against them um and it's top down i think on the roster for sure
0: yeah definitely had a number of lapses in that first quarter i felt like they were just giving up a ton of layups gave up a couple threes to end the quarter but yeah just way too many easy buckets inside really flipped that switch like you like you mentioned 21 points in the second quarter for the Nuggets. The Lakers outscored them 34 to 21. And in the third quarter, outscored them 33 to 20. I mean, the Nuggets outscored the Lakers by 12 in the fourth quarter. It was mostly mop-up time, garbage time, whatever you want to call it. This game, I mean, in the second half was probably like the the final score looks a lot closer to me than what this game looked like. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I don't know, maybe I'm off on this. I didn't feel like the Lakers played overly well in this game. I thought AD was great. I thought Dwight was great. Uh, KCP, I thought, was very – flew under the radar with his 18 points. Thought he played pr- you know pretty well, but it didn't seem like you know his best game, yeah. even though I thought if you get 18 points out of KCP on 6 of 10 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, I think that's huge. I think that's really – that's big. Danny Green, I mean, didn't shoot the ball well, but was still plus 20 for the game. I thought defensively he did some good things. And I don't know, I, I just felt like this wasn't even the Lakers' ceiling. And I know every every playoff game kind of, kind of has its own identity. So, like, from one game to the next, usually there's not a ton of carryover. Uh, sometimes there is, but a lot of times there isn't. So I'm not, like, banking on really anything carrying over from this game. But I'm fairly confident going into game two, not only because the Lakers are wearing the Black Mamba jerseys because they just seem to kick ass in those things, but winning this game – pretty comfortably knowing that LeBron, he did have 12 assists, so he was really distributing the ball, but only 15 points. Didn't really have to do a whole lot scoring the basketball like we probably saw a little more in that last series against the Rockets.
1: Yeah, um, I think there was one stretch in this game, and that was the run during the second quarter when the Lakers uh, really took a big lead um, where LeBron kind of dominated, and I think he was – he was the guy that the offense was running through. He was the one uh, you know, creating shots for his teammates and also getting to the basket himself as well. Outside of that, I don't think he really did need to do a whole lot. Um, he, he was more than fine con- conceding to Anthony Davis, who was uh, basically unstoppable tonight, um, and letting the big guys mop up uh, around the rim and letting some of these guards get their shots up. And, of course, they were scoring really well tonight. Um, But yeah, you're right. I I think the reason, I think the biggest reason why we think that it wasn't really a peak Lakers performance is because LeBron didn't really go off. He had a pretty relaxed game where, you know, he he didn't seem to be um, as impactful as he usually is. Obviously, he still had a good game, but uh, at least in terms of scoring the ball, he wasn't really putting a lot of pressure on the Nuggets. And I think that's the next gear that the Lakers have is when LeBron and Anthony Davis are both consistently putting pressure on the rim. Um, the Lakers uh, seem to get to the basket at will in, in this game. It just didn't seem like the Nuggets really had any options uh, to stop those guys. And at the rim, they don't have any shot blockers. So I think when when LeBron is being as aggressive as AD was tonight, then then we can see the Lakers get to an even bigger height. And and I think that other um, other reason why it might not have felt like a great Lakers performance, I was. It's, it's nuts to say this in a quarter that they won by, like, 13. The end of that second quarter was really frustrating to me, if only because the last four or five minutes of that quarter, uh, both Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic were on the bench with foul trouble, mm-hmm. and the Lakers were not able to extend their lead uh, at that time. They already had a pretty decent lead. They were up, like, 12 or so when, when those guys sat. Um, but it was a little frustrating not seeing them take advantage of that moment. And I was like... You know, if the Lakers were to lose this game, and obviously they didn't, we would be looking at that, uh, those that four-minute stretch or so, and saying that's the game. Like, if you're not able to take advantage of a situation where the other team's two best players are both tied to the bench because they have three fouls, um, then then that's the reason why you lost.
0: Yeah, that that the way they ended the second really had me curious to see how they were going to start the third because. As we've known, the, their last three games coming into this one, the Nuggets have been a second-half team. The Clippers found that out the hard way, which still makes me laugh. But <laughs> the the Lakers, I mean, were the second-half team in this game. I mean, just dominated the third quarter. And I kind of thought, you know, if they come out and they win the third quarter, I think they'll be just fine. And they, they won it by 13. I mean, really just took control of the game. Really, you know, I closed the third quarter the way I thought they should have closed the second Um, so I mean, it's better late than never, but, but yeah, I I was a little frustrated and a little, I don't want to say concerned, just kind of a little, uh, a little curious to see how they were going to come out in that third quarter because they were kind of letting the nuggets hang around a little bit, you know, didn't, I think had an opportunity to deliver a haymaker to end the first half. Didn't quite do that, but they certainly delivered one in the third quarter. So it was all good. But we, one thing we talked about too was, how the Lakers would kind of, you know, manifest their their big man rotation. So we were doing our series preview podcast. We kind of wondered, is Frank Vogel going to go back to a traditional big lineup with, with JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis, or is he going to stick with Markeith Morris, which worked wonders against the Rockets? Kind of got our answer today. I don't know what it looks like going forward because JaVale only played 11 minutes in this game. I think Dwight Howard started the second half in his place. Probably just a reward for him playing extremely well in the first half and was just getting after every loose ball. was extremely physical. Just He was just a nightmare for the Nuggets. And it looks like the, we've got our answer in that regard. How surprised would you be to see Dwight Howard start game two in JaVale McGee's spot?
1: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, Dwight had a, a fantastic game, and and I think he really showed that he might be the Lakers' best matchup against Jokic, at least defensively. Um, he he's a J- Javale is a is a pretty decent defender, um, and I think in, in terms of their overall impact defensively, they're pretty equal. But Javale isn't really a one-on-one like good defender against Biggs because he's the lankier skinnier guy that gets pushed around pretty easily and Jokic is just a massive dude that's going to be able to kind of back him down and get decent shots around the rim or, or force any sort of help uh, Dwight doesn't get moved around at all mm-hmm. he's one of the strongest dudes in the NBA um, and even Jokic isn't really able to affect him that much plus I, I think there is something to be said about Dwight just being a, a pest to Jokic and really frustrating him I could see the Lakers starting Dwight um, and, and really trying to match. Uh, you know, he he won't play the same number of minutes as Jokic, obviously, but really try to match his minutes with Jokic um, just to get the maximum effect and ability out of out of Dwight. Um, I could see Ja still get minutes as sort of a backup big. Maybe you play him next to Marquise and LeBron and kind of use his rim running ability and. and, and uh, lob-catching ability, although Dwight did a great job of that today as well. He had, I think, two lobs um, that he's done to him today. Uh, so I don't I don't know how much of a role JaVale will have, but I do think um, Vogel, kind of based on last series where he made the adjustment to bench JaVale, even with the Lakers up 2-1 in the series, um, I could see him making that adjustment heading into game two, even if they are up and, and just had a great game. Um to bench JaVel and, and start guidance then
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised at all to to see that because I we we mentioned this in our series preview pod. I, I just basically the, the Lakers big rotation is why I was fairly confident in this matchup. I think the Lakers can throw multiple bigs at at Jokic and I think You know, Dwight is just such a good matchup to throw at him because Dwight is a good athlete for a big guy, and he's so strong. So strong and so physical. And you could just tell Jokic was getting extremely frustrated in this game and... I, it was like he was almost asking for a fifth foul at some at some point in that third quarter. I thought he got away with probably about three fouls before he finally picked up number 5. But the Lakers kind of just took him out of the game, I think with with that physicality and really frustrated him. Again, he had 21 points, six boards. I mean, was was efficient as a scorer. Just felt like he was not overly effective out there. Didn't have the, kind of the same passing performance that we normally see. The Lakers had some lapses on Jamal Murray. But I think if you shut down, or if, at least if you frustrate one of those two guys, I think the Lakers are going to be in pretty good shape because that's going to force other guys like Michael Porter Jr. to step up and, and deliver a lot of points, which he had 14 points and 10 boards today. But he was 3 of 9, shooting 1 of 6 from the three-point line. Uh, Nuggets didn't really get a lot of contributions elsewhere, which – I mean they still scored 114 points but I think the the real question for them is going to be how do they stop the Lakers from getting so many points in the paint because as we saw with Rondo and AD and even Dwight those those lobs are there um, because the, yeah. the we we mentioned this going into this series and it's kind of relative to the last series too there's just no rim protection back there you know Jokic is not a rim protector it's not his game his his style defensively and there's going to be those opportunities there. And I think the Lakers really did a good job of exploiting those and, and finding their, their bigs for lobs. I, I thought, you know, it's curious. I'm curious to see how, how often the Lakers roll with the two big lineups, because I think the way Mark Heath is playing, you got to get him out there too. Him and Dwight both played 16 minutes, which I think 16 minutes each, which is, I think ideal. You get AD at 33 minutes, which really isn't a lot in a playoff game. And I mean, the rotation looks to, looked, to me, pretty ideal today. I'm just curious to see how Frank Vogel kind of balances the bigs because you can go small where you put AD on Jokic, and I think he can get a lot more buckets around the basket when you do that because there's just more space to operate. When he's out there with, say, Dwight, I think you're going to see AD probably shoot more jumpers, but you also mm-hmm. have Dwight banging around the basket and really getting physical with guys and and creating second-chance opportunities. And when you have those two bigs out there and Jokic pulls, say, AD away from the basket or he pulls Dwight away from the basket, then you still have another big out there that can protect the rim. So, I mean, it's a little give and take, I think. But I think ultimately the fact that the Lakers have options that if they go smaller with Markeef at the four and then AD or Dwight at the five – versus having two two of those bigs out there. I think both of those concepts can be pretty successful in this series.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it was really interesting. Just in the first half alone, Vogel played four different centers. They had lineups where JaVale, Dwight, AD, or even Markeith Morris were playing center. Um, he is certainly the type of coach that likes to throw different looks at guys. Um, and I think Jokic is the person that they're really keying on. <laughs> you know frustrating him with with different options and really giving him a lot of uh different looks and uh, in terms of that two big lineup i did i think see a stat before we got on here that uh when ad and dwight were sharing the floor together the lakers rebounded i think 53 percent of their own misses so they were really battling on the offensive glass and continuously getting second chance opportunities um, a lot of those led to fouls for the nuggets and obviously a lot of their guys got into foul trouble today um and, and so I, I think that is something that Vogel is gonna see as a as a pretty massive advantage moving forward
0: yeah absolutely I just I just love the versatility that the that the Lakers can go with there's just so many combinations that, that they can mix and match and I mean you, you kind of look at and I think we mentioned this in the rocket series too. The fact that the Lakers can go so deep into their rotation, I think that's such a huge advantage, not only with a team like the Rockets in the last series where they played a really short rotation. It was mostly like six guys are playing like 35 minutes plus, and then you got like one or two guys playing maybe 10 minutes. In this series, obviously, you know, the, the Nuggets rotation is going to look deeper because there was there was garbage time. There was three, looks like three guys that played 10 minutes or less. Um And then Dozier played 12 minutes. So the rotation looks deeper. But, man, as this series goes on, we talked about the fatigue factor in this series. The Nuggets, two very emotional 3-1 series comebacks, seven-game series. I mean, this was, what, their 15th playoff game so far. So they've played more games than the Lakers. And the the emotional toll, I think, of – you know, going down 3-1 and then coming back from 3-1 not only once but twice. And to do it against the Clippers, which was a huge, huge upset, and I think they know it. I think the Clippers know it. Everybody knows it. And, you know, I think mentally it can be great at the time, but at certain times, you know, just the mental roller coaster going up and down like that can be a little draining both mentally and physically. And I think that plays into the Lakers' hands because the Lakers took care of their business in five games apiece in each series. And – I think we could see that really benefit them. And I think not only just that, but having such a deep rotation that they can go to, you know, I mean, they they go 10 deep looking at, you know, the the rotation. If they start JaVale, their bench guys basically in this game were Markeith, Kuzma, Dwight, Rondo, and Alex Caruso. So Mm -hmm. I think that's just such a huge advantage for this team. And I think especially if the Lakers can really attack Murray, and I, I don't think they attacked Murray a ton in this game. I thought that for a number of possessions that he, he still scored on, I thought they did a good job of making him work to get his looks. But they did have some lapses on Murray that were kind of uh, frustrating just because, you know, he's one of the hottest players in the league right now. So why are we leaving this guy wide open from the three-point line where you know, he can obviously fill it up. He was 3 of 5 from the three-point line, hit 7 of his 12 shots. And, yeah, it's – I don't know. There's there was kind of a lot to unpack in this game, but at the same time, there's we just don't know what to expect in game two, right? You know, we, we've seen. I, I feel like game yeah. two is going to be so telling about this series and with the direction that it goes. If the Nuggets come ba- bounce back and win the game, we then we got a series on our hands. You know, I think the, we we kind of witnessed it with the Lakers in the last two series where it's like all right, they lose game one. Some people hit the panic button a little bit. You know, it's like, oh, crap. If we lose game two, we're in deep trouble. I kind of feel that way for the Nuggets. So I think that we're going to see a a much better effort on both ends of the floor from them in game two. And the Lakers have got to be ready to go because I think if they can go up two games to zero on the Nuggets and make it so that the Nuggets have to beat them four times out of five to advance, I just have a hard time seeing that happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I... I I I do think that we should point out, as much as we talked about the Lakers not really playing at their peak, I also do think that a lot of things went really, really poorly for the Nuggets in this game that I don't really expect to continue happening. You know, in terms of um, the foul trouble for their two stars, the Lakers hit 11 of their 26 three pointers, 42%. That's incredible for the Lakers. It's not, they're not a great three point shooting team. They got to the line a whole lot um, and they got into the paint a whole lot. So, I I think the Nuggets will clean up a lot of those mistakes. Um, We obviously talked about how this is a great matchup for the Lakers regardless, but I also don't really expect it to be as easy as it sort of seemed throughout parts of this game. Um, The the fatigue factor will play a part, but I also do think that, you know, those guys are going to be a lot a lot more prepared heading into game two. I think Mike Malone is way too good of a coach not to really make any sort of adjustments um, to deal with the Lakers' size that, uh, and, and athleticism that really seemed to affect the Nuggets throughout this whole game.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, the <clears throat> game two is going to be a totally different game, I think. And I'm really interested to see how the Lakers come out and how they adjust and how they counter to some things that Denver did today and how Denver counters to, to what the Lakers were doing today. So. It'll be it'll be fun to watch. It's it's very interesting, and I think it's I think game two is a crucial game. Now it's obviously not like a must-win for the Lakers or anything. I think it's borderline must-win for the Nuggets. Not saying that they yeah. can't a team can't come down from two-zero. I just think it would be very difficult for them to, for them to beat the Lakers four times out of five. So if the Lakers can come out and take care of business, I mean, so far they're undefeated in the black mama jerseys. So hopefully they come out and play like they always seem to do in those jerseys and, and go up 2-0 and really take control of this series and maybe start to... I, I, that's the kind of the thing when you're playing against a team that has come back from a 3-1 deficit twice in the same playoff run. I don't know if you're ever going to put doubt in their minds. You just got to kind of knock them out. So, obviously, Lakers still need three more wins to do that. So, it, you know... you still a lot of work left to be done, so you just got to focus on the next game in front of them. But I thought there was a lot of good things to take away from this game if you're the Lakers, but I also think there's a lot of things that they could clean up, especially defensively. And I think there's just some adjustments that can be made, and I think we'll see a better scoring performance from LeBron. Not that he was inefficient or anything. I mean, he only took 11 shots. But I I would expect LeBron to score more than 15 points. And... I want to say I'm expecting AD to to continue to go off, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Nuggets start to really trap and double-team him pretty hard in, in game two.
1: Yeah, they didn't really do a whole lot of that, at least compared to what we saw in the first two series the Lakers played where the Blazers and the Rockets seemingly uh, uh, trapped him every single time. Although AD definitely has gotten a whole lot better at, at uh, playing in those situations as well. He goes a lot quicker, doesn't really let those double-teams get to him, but um, I, I, I agree with you that I think the Nuggets will try to trap him um, and kind of force him to make those mistakes and try to win win the turnover battle because I think that was – you know, I, the turnover margins were pretty close at the end of the uh, game, but at least in terms of sort of the flow of the game, it really seemed like that was affecting um, the Nuggets a whole lot more than it was affecting the Lakers.
0: Yeah, if the Lakers For- turned the ball – turn the ball over only 11 times I, i think they'll probably be okay i mean obviously you don't want to turn the ball over at all but if this team avoids high turnover games and they just hit open shots man like that's the the two main things with this team is they're going to get a ton of open looks because they have anthony davis and lebron commanding so much attention and lebron one of the best passers in nba history and so if guys can just hit open shots, and today KCP hit open shots, Markeith Morris hit open shots, Kuzma hit open shots. If those guys can hit open shots, and if this team just locks in defensively, I I just can't see them losing this series. But long way to go, long way to go. So we'll just kind of go on to game two, which will be on Sunday. And uh, we'll be looking forward to that. But uh, I don't have anything else really to add from this game. I mean, it was just kind of kind of a weird feel to it from the, from the start. It just seemed like, you know, I was encouraged that the Lakers were only down two considering I felt like they played no defense at all in the first quarter. And then when they started playing defense, they took control of the game in a a big way. So I don't really have anything else to add to this game. Do you, I mean, do you got anything you want to add before we dive into some uh, viewer questions?
1: I'll give just one shout out to Kyle Kuzma's off-ball movement because it it makes me so happy every time. He had some beautiful cuts. Um, And really, uh, I think one thing we should um, really keep an eye on the Lakers have not really done this a whole lot, I don't think, this season. But they they really went to it a lot, um, where they had the guys setting screens slip a, a whole lot more because of the, the Nuggets' soft hedging that they like to do, and it was leading to some like wide open layups. Uh, there was the KCP one where he screened for Rondo in in the first quarter, and then there was one LeBron had, I think, like immediately after he seemingly hurt his ankle apparently and then uh he went down the lane and and just dunked it all over uh whoever it was but um I think that's that's kind of a interesting little wrinkle that they seem to have added to their offense
0: yeah another thing with Kuzma too is the Lakers are so good at even on a made basket of getting out in transition and hitting a defense before it gets set I think he had another two layups today maybe it was two or three but where the the ball is going through the net lakers are taking it out of bounds but kuzma's leaking out and getting ahead and behind the defense and getting basically the two points they gave up just getting it right back in a matter of like three seconds so uh yeah shout out to kyle kuzma for running the floor cutting without the basketball he's just played very good basketball even though he was minus nine in this game i still thought he was pretty good in this this game he's just been rock, rock solid really throughout this uh this whole bubble run and especially in the playoffs so Really good to see and yeah. a really good development for the Lakers moving forward. So, all right, let's dive into these fan questions. <laughs> we got, uh, I feel like, a handful from Jacob Rude. Jacob, uh, first of all, I just want to say congratulations on Hani winning you some money. And <laughs> first question, <laughs> is playoff Rondo the greatest point guard in Lakers history or NBA history?
1: it not the same thing. I, was, I, was I just ga- the same thing. I was just going to say yes. <laughs> I, I like that answer. I'm, uh, I'll uh, second my colleague over here. <laughs>
0: nice. That doesn't happen very often.
1: Uh, Jacob
0: also asked, congrats to both of you. Or not ask, but comment. C- congrats to both of you on matching the point total for Kawhi and PG in the fourth quarter of Game 7. I want to say thank you, but I almost feel like that's like a super backhanded compliment.
1: Uh, both teams played hard. I like, hard, my man uh.
0: <laughs> I was like when I said out of respect to the nuggets I have the Lakers winning at five so <laughs> uh, all right diving into some more of these comments hi Bevers uh, thank you for for following along appreciate you uh following us and uh, and contributing in the chat. We always love everybody jumping in the chat. Uh, Thoughts on having JaVale's minutes mirror Plumlee's and have Dwight or AD mirror Jokic's minutes?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's sort of what we alluded to earlier, that I think Dwight should, uh, at least, I would say 100% of Dwight's minutes, basically, I think I expect to be when Jokic is playing um, and I do like the matchup of Javel against Plumley a whole lot more because Plumley's not really uh, a post up big. And I think he can match his athleticism a lot better than Dwight can. Um, so that seems to be a little bit of a better matchup for both guys.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. I just wanted to hear you talk about it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, um... I know I have, a, I have a great voice, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, another question. Doesn't have anything to do with the game, but we were all kind of thinking it earlier today. Do you see OG Ananobi signing with the Lakers since he's a clutch client now? I'll go ahead and answer this for Jacob Rude. Jacob already put it in the in the Twitch chat, but uh, yes, future Laker. #HashtagFutureLaker. Uh,
1: I'll just I'll use OG's own words uh, to say that if if your OG signs with our uh, player agent representative, that's our OG now. <laughs> Anyways and, and I'll also say that we don't shoot the mess. That's true.
0: I mean we we uh, how many how many clutch clients did the Lakers not have at this point? Because I feel like there's less that they don't have than they
1: do have. That's a good point. I kind of want to look that up. Draymond, I think, is one. Draymond, Eric Bloodsell. Uh, Nerlands Noel. We, we've talked about Nerlands Noel joining the Lakers for seemingly 16 years. These,
0: all, <laughs> these are all hashtag future Lakers, all of them, <laughs>
1: every <laughs> single one.
0: So, yeah, uh, all right. Last call for questions. If you have questions, be sure to uh, drop them in. Um, Lonzo Ball, yeah, another one, former Laker, <laughs> future Laker, both the former and future Laker. So, uh, yeah, no, it'll be uh, interesting to. <laughs> to watch moving forward uh lakers obviously have strong ties with clutch but hey we're we're seven wins away seven wins away from capturing championship number 17 and i mean just three wins away from punching our ticket to the nba finals it's pretty crazy to think about considering just all the ups and downs of this year and just this this playoff run where our underdog lakers have defeated two goliaths and they off to a good start on number three
1: Look, I mean, it's we can't speak enough to the resilience of this Lakers team, being able to continuously punch up against these juggernaut opponents. Uh, you know, despite all that has been said about them, uh, you know, that nobody believed in us. All the experts thought that the Blazers would beat us. Uh, ESPN BPI didn't think we were in like the top five title contenders before this season, but, but man, it's hard not to, not to hashtag we believe in in this team right now. Streetlights
0: over spotlights. That's right. Bevers (laughs) plucky, (laughs) plucky underdogs. That's right. Uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's been quite a, quite a run so far and hopefully it ends with seven more, seven more wins, but we uh, we've got the Celtics coming up tomorrow possibly dropping down 3-0. I mean, it sounds like – I don't want to say that they're imploding, but there's definitely some some drama going on in their locker room, which I guess is normal for a team that when you're down 2-0. I mean, if I'd almost be a little alarmed if guys were not pissed off <laughs> that they're down 2-0. But yeah. it'll be really uh, – curi- I'll be really curious to see how they handle that that game three tomorrow. We might uh, – we've talked about this. I'm curious. Let us know in the comments on on YouTube or on Twitch, where uh, Facebook, wherever. Uh, what your guys' thoughts would be. We thought about doing like some live watch parties. I don't know if we'll do them for a Laker playoff game because you, there's probably going to be some foul language flying around and I don't know how that's going to fly with Twitch and, and YouTube and, and all those, those, uh, those sites. But I think watching we – we're th- thinking about watching – basically doing one of these during a Celtics heat game in one of their, uh, during this series, maybe tomorrow. So if you guys would be interested in something like that, let us know in the comments. If you think it's a terrible idea, also let us know in the comments. If you want to just comment on honey's Popeye's chicken sandwich dinner choice, you can always do that too, but it better be something positive.
1: If you think it's a terrible idea, yes, let us know, but be gentle. We have feelings. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: true. Ha- don't don't hurt Hani's feelings or then I have to come for you. Just like I'm coming for <laughs> Nikola Jokic for trying to hurt Alex Crusoe today. As you can see by my shirt, don't mess with the Caruso.
1: Ever. If you, if you hurt my Ever. feelings, you owe me a Popeye's chicken sandwich.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No more questions. Uh, we're rolling in. So pretty light day for questions, which, hey, I mean, when, when the Lakers just come out and just – Dominate really from the second quarter on. I didn't want to say from the tip because it obviously wasn't, but hey, I'll take a nice three quarter domination and and a nice easy win. And finally, a game one win. Finally, for the like, it's going to be so nice going into game two, almost a little relaxed. A little bit, I'll be excited and nervous, but a little more relaxed where it's not like, okay, they got to win this game. It's more of like a luxury game at that point where you know, if the Lakers just go out and they win that game, then it's like, all right, that now we're sitting pretty. But that, that really? Rockets game too, was brutal in that third quarter when the Rockets <laughs> went nuts from three. I was starting to sweat a little bit. I'm glad I don't have to worry about that in this game too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm gonna be watching that game with my feet kicked up, uh, maybe wearing sandals, just in, in uh, homage of Nikola Jokic, who looks like he's playing in sandals at all times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I do.
0: I have been told. Yes, that I look like Carson Wentz. <laughs> I have heard that several times. So,
1: <laughs> usually, usually from me. <laughs> yes,
0: I've heard that from at least like six or seven different people. Uh, I, my body is probably as crazy as to say because Carson Wentz gets hurt all the time. My body it probably gets hurt more than Carson Wentz. So, <laughs> shout out to Carson Wentz. Stop getting hurt. You got to represent since you're my uh, doppelganger. So. All right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for contributing in the chat. Hani, thanks for joining me. I know it's been kind of a long day. I know both of us are probably ready for bed at this point, but uh, we'll be back on Sunday. It's a little earlier tip time, which will be kind of nice. I mean, not that these games are late, but, uh, yeah, we'll be here after game two. Like I said, let us know in the comments if you would be interested in us doing a watch party for one of the Celtics and Heat games or multiple Celtics and Heat games. I mean, hell, there might only be two left. That would be just such a shame. But, but yeah, as always, guys, we're going to be doing these live after games, and hopefully we're going to be doing a preview pod for the NBA Finals. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But after games, you can find us on twitch.tv Slash Lakers outsiders. You can subscribe to us on YouTube and be sure if you subscribe to us on YouTube to be sure to like the videos as well. That really uh, helps us out a lot. And you can like us on Facebook. We'll be streaming on all three of those platforms live, which you can pop in, drop questions, comments, whatever you want. Just like Hani said, just be gentle. Okay, we have feelings. (laughs) <laughs> These will also go up as podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, uh, they'll be up there. So you got plenty of plenty of avenues to listen to this podcast uh if you enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, we appreciate your support. We really, really do. So I really can't say that enough. So all right. We're getting out of here. Uh follow honey on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. Me, at Gary Kester. I got to put one of these times I'm going to put it on the stream so that I don't have to keep saying it. And, of course, follow (laughs) Lakers Outsiders on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. So thank you guys so much for listening. But until next time, after game two on Sunday, this is Gary Kester with Hani Amadian and the Lakers Outsiders signing off.
1: Shout out to Troy Daniels and his beautiful, beautiful smile. Oh, God. (laughs)